Welcome to the Chicago Bears Podcast. A presentation of ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Here's your host, Pat the Designer. Welcome into another edition of the Chicago Bears podcast. I am your host, Pat the Designer, back at it again. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love as you always do. I'm holding down the show solo today. You get my thoughts today, which is usually something that yeah, you know, most people want to shy away from, but it's okay. It's okay. You know what I mean? I, I kid at the end of the day. It's a reason I'm here. I do this. Uh, but no, I, I really do uh, want to get into an, a very interesting topic that I think a lot of Bears fans probably feel very strongly about, especially during Bears and Lions week. And that is, are the Bears going to be better off without David Montgomery? Is this going to be a season where the Bears are still set in that running back room? Are they going to be able to help Justin Fields enough running the football and I also want to talk a little bit about me like I mean listen I very rarely do I get to do this and I know a lot of you guys got to meet me uh sort of at some of the events and things that ESPN has had but if you didn't follow me on the Windy City Breeze I see the comments listen I, I've seen many of many of the comments that they, they, they all sound the same who the heck is Pat the designer so we'll answer some of those questions, give you guys a little bit of background on me. All that more in today's episode of the Chicago Bears podcast. Appreciate you guys for showing love. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page, and leave a five-star review. But let's get, the, let's get into the show, right? Let's get into what we came here to talk about. David Montgomery. I'm looking at the Chicago Bears offense. And there's one piece that last season, a lot of Bears fans wanted back coming into this season. And it's not even just because of the running itself, right? Like David Montgomery was a good running back. I'd never sit here and tell you that he was a great running back. He's a guy that broke 900 yards one time. Uh, and it, it was a thousand yard rushing season. But at the end of the day, right, like a thousand yard rushing season is what, 66 yards a game now. You know, if we got running backs that are running 66 yards a game, we're not losing our minds over them. But it is good. He, he was a good running back for the Chicago Bears. But I think a lot of people, including the Bears, the Bears did make an offer to him. I think a lot of people wanted him back for one reason and one reason only. And that is because you wanted to see a guy back in a uniform who was a real leader and you can't take anything away from David Montgomery at the end of the day David Montgomery was a heck of a leader for the Chicago Bears he just was he was a guy who on a night in and night out basis you knew he was going to give you consistency you knew he was going to go out there and give you everything he had you knew that he was going to be out there trying to be the voice that kept everything on the positive side right and I love that about David Montgomery and so I do think that the Lions are getting a serious asset now do I think that David Montgomery is going to all of a sudden break out and have a 1,200-yard, 1,500-yard season? I don't think that. And so at the end of the day, I'm not heartbroken that David Montgomery's gone. And it's it's tough because you're I, there's no slander. There'll never be any Monty slander ever on this podcast because of the player that he was. But at the end of the day, you have to make a business decision. And I felt like the Chicago Bears this season made a business decision. I do feel like the Lions got a really good player. But now I'm looking at kind of what this Chicago Bears running back room looks like. And there are two names in there that, of course, stand out immediately. Khalil Herbert, Deontay Foreman. Those are the two that you feel like are going to be the lead guys. But I think even with a little bit of the, the Roshan Johnson angle, what he's going to be able to provide here. And I've told you guys this. I think that Roshan is going to be somebody who takes over uh, 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 that starting running back position. I think that he is the 
future of the Chicago Bears. I do think there's going to be, you know, a Khalil Herbert hangover for sure. I do think there's going to be a, a, a couple of good runs from Deontay Foreman this season, some utilization of Deontay Foreman this season. But with both of those guys, right, you ask two questions. Who's catching the ball out of the backfield? And on top of that, Who's going to be the guy pass blocking? Khalil Herbert has talked about how he's worked on his pass blocking, and I love it. You know what I mean? Like, let's let's see it. Let's see it play out. But I do think there's going to come a couple of points in training camp in the preseason where we're going to go, hey, uh, if that's Justin Fields in there, he's going to get his head taken off. Hey, Roshan, yeah, yeah, I need you suit up. Can you get in there? Appreciate you. Yep, thank you. I just think that's going to happen. I, I I really do because I there's a guy in Roshan Johnson in the Chicago Bears backfield who is so very similar. He talked about it. He was on the podcast, right? And he talked about some of the guys that he watched growing up and how they helped him adjust to the position. Because remember, he was a quarterback going into college. But his mindset is anything that I need to do to get the job done, very much like David Montgomery, we got to do that to get the job done. And that includes the pass blocking aspect. That includes the pass catching aspect out of the backfield. And I thought that, you know, he, when you look at his tape, when you look at what the guy is, when you look at how this Bears offense is going to be able to rally around the running game here. I mean, listen, the Bears could run the football really well. But I just I, I'm looking for that guy who's going to be the lead. And I think that's one of the things that I really want to focus on coming out of training camp is who's going to be that lead back at the end of the day. And I just feel like it, it, it could be a Roshan Johnson. I think you're one to one replacement. Your apples, the apples replacement for David Montgomery in the long run is going to be Roshan Johnson. And so I I'm just it was an honor having him on the pod. It was an honor hearing the young man's thoughts. And you can just feel the leadership coming from him. And it, you, it's so crazy to say. But he said it on the pod, and instantly I can't unsee it. He talked about running backs that he runs like. I asked him the question, and he was talking about running backs that he feels like he runs like. Let's listen in to what he had to say. When you, when you look at the league that is here now and th that you're about to come into, is there somebody that you looked at getting yourself prepared that you were like, oh, I feel like I kind of run like him with your size and and how you how aggressive we've seen you run, right? Like, is there somebody in the league that you were like, I, I see my my style and what he does? Uh, Initially, I, there was really nobody. Like, I would just watch kind of everybody because um, you, you got to think about it. Like, I didn't really... I didn't start playing a position until I got to college. So it was like, I really just kind of watched everybody. There's really nobody that I just like watched and mimic. But uh, yeah. I mean, I started playing the position. I kind of noticed uh, guys that I, I really like watching are like Arian Foster. Uh, Matt Forte was a big one. Dang. Um, when I was trying to like, just kind of see who I kind of resemble, like body style and just how I, how I ran. Uh, Matt Forte, Arian Foster. And then, um, uh, James Conner a little bit as well. So, yeah, I think I, I probably of all the guys that I've watched, those those three are probably the most. And I can't unsee the Matt Forte comparison now. And I know in college, right, he didn't catch a ton of passes. He was the second guy. He was more of the running back. You know what I mean? He, he running the football in down at the goal line, different things like that. But when you see his game, when you see him actually get an opportunity to be a pass catcher out of the backfield, I do see that Matt Forte comparison. I see, and I, I'm going to be honest with you, I see the leadership that we talked about a, a little bit on that podcast as well, how a Matt Forte can bring that out. And I just thought that that was such an amazing, 
amazing asset for Ryan Poles to be able to go out there and get for him to be able to come in to a scenario where you lose right to the Detroit Lions, a serious leader in the locker room, a guy who literally I mean, you hear how guys talk about him. You even hear how Justin continues to talk about him. You like, you know that those relationships are built up. And if you've listened to this pod at any point, right? If you've listened to this show, when you're hearing the uh, uh, um, J Mac talk or Briggs talk, or even when we had Tommy Harris on the show, right? The thing that you continue to hear them talk about is the relationships that they built, the family that they built up, all of that, right? Like all of that goes into it to me. And so I really think that the Chicago Bears got a gem here in Roshan Johnson. And it just helps with that running back room. Listen, I'm not sitting here telling you that the other two guys are bad players either. I think that that's, that's the part that probably gets me the most excited about this offense. Because when you looked at this offense last season, and and nobody would argue this. The one thing we can do is run the ball. You know what I mean? The one thing that we can block with is run blocking. The one thing this offensive line, we know that they can do no matter the day, no matter the time, they can run block. And I think that that is absolutely going to be an asset, especially with every one of these weapons that you have coming into the building. I mean, you've got Khalil Herbert here. He played in 13 games last season, 129 rush attempts, 731 yards, four touchdowns last season. But you get that speed. You get that burst. Of, you, you get that 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 uh, uh, um, the ability for him out of the backfield to just all of a sudden break away. Deontay Foreman, very similar. And so when you kind of do the comparison, it's almost it's almost like how we had the Roquan Smith conversation, right? Where you had the, did you get two for the price of one? Even though you already had Khalil Herbert here, you go out and you add Deontay Foreman. You also go out and you get Roshan Johnson in the offseason. I feel like you really got two running backs for the price of one as well. And that you can't undersell that. And and I I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm so excited to see what this offense is going to be able to bring from the running aspect because right. Everybody's so excited about the pass. Everybody's so focused on the pass. We do want to see Justin Fields be able to throw the ball. That is very important. But the one thing that I look at this bears team and say is if you're already good at one thing, can you add something on top of it? The one thing that we always want to see is we, I want to see that get better. But the part that people don't talk about is we don't want to see the other thing get worse. I don't want to see the running game get worse. I don't want to see the running game uh, 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 disappear. You know what I mean? For me, I want to see the running game continue to get better. I want to see the running game continue to grow. And I want Justin Fields to grow at the same time. The best offenses can do both. You don't talk about the Bills with not being able to run the football. You don't talk about the Chiefs not being able to run the football. Sure, the names might not come to you instantly. You might not be like, oh my God, they have this superstar running back. It's not the focal point of their offense. But at the end of the day, there has to be a balance. And I just feel like this Bears team brings such a balance with both of these positions, man. I think Roshan Johnson adding into that, again, that two for the price of one, I think that's going to be a really big thing for the Chicago Bears moving forward. And I even, I give him credit. There's The other thing I give him credit on as well is how he looks at the game. He, he kind of talked about uh, in a recent interview that he did about how he sees the game and why he thinks he has advantages. And we asked him a similar question when he was on the Chicago Bears podcast over here on ESPN. And here was what he said on how him playing the quarterback position helped. 
Yeah, Rashawn, having played quarterback and having to understand coverages and things of that nature and then making that transition to running back, how do you feel that helped you as a running back understand pass protections, different things that, you know, defenses was trying to do that enabled you to be able to pick up that blitz uh, from your time playing quarterback? Yeah, I definitely think uh, it helped in just flipping how I see the field. I mean, as a running back, you're always taught to, you know, for one, look at the front and then look at the linebackers where they displaced. Um, you know, are they tipping off and giving any tendencies? Are they tipping off blitzes? Things of that nature. But from a quarterback's perspective, like, you got to look at it the whole picture. So um, you kind of read the defense from, like, top to bottom. Uh, so you're key in safeties, uh, seeing how they play in relation to backers and ultimately trying to get a beat on what they're doing. Um through the safeties and then and the, and then the Sam Nickel Sam, so like it's just a, a way of flipping my vision to where I can see things before they're happening, as if a quarterback would. That I feel like a lot of running backs, you know, they just they've never played the position that way. So like it's not really something that they're used to doing. So I think it kind of helps me just identify things and just you know even see checks before they're happening. I mean, it was good just to go in mini camp and uh, just to kind of know. Um, what, what, what the kill play was or if they're about to if the quarterback was about to kill the play before he even did it um just kind of seeing things before it happened so yeah it definitely helps me play faster yeah it definitely helps me play faster see that right there that right there those are the relationships that you want to see justin fields building those are the relationships yes we're gonna miss monty i'm not gonna act like we're not i mean the, 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 the he was he was good for us it, it's not Again, no Monty slander ever. But the kind of relationships that you want is the running back being able to still identify some of the things that the quarterback maybe is missing. Or if there's something that happens slightly, you know, there's communication that is happening on the field. And so for me, I think if Roshan seeing something, he's communicating that back and forth with Justin. He could communicate that with Khalil. He could communicate that. And, and how many times does that happen, right? We even heard on the defensive end, Lance Briggs talk about this, where he said, him and Brian had their own communication, right? Where if there was something that Briggs saw and maybe Lance didn't see, he's just letting, uh, uh, I'm sorry, maybe Brian didn't see. He's just letting Brian know, hey, you know I'm going. I'm letting you know I'm going. And more times than not, him and Brian have the understanding. Brian can now back him up. He can help that out. And, and if Briggs misses, he misses. And But Brian's there. If he doesn't miss, boom, you've made a big play, huge play in the backfield. I feel like the, we can have that on the offensive end now because we've got two guys in the backfield who are seeing things that way. And when Roshan's coming off the field, if he's getting into the game or maybe he's just seeing something on the tape or on the sidelines, he can go to Khalil and be like, you see, when they do this here, this is what when you got to watch the safeties here. If you watch the safeties here, you'll be able to make this and you'll be gone all of a sudden now we're i think these are the steps that you have to take to get to a cohesive point on this offense and so i'm excited about what the bears are bringing in i like the running back room i like the defense that or i'm sorry i like the offense that the chicago bears team is putting out there are we going to miss monty is monty going to be in a better spot up in detroit I don't know at the end of the day. I think that Monty kind of went out there to end up being the second back. I mean, they go get David Montgomery and then draft Jameer Gibbs. And we know that they're going to probably try and use Jameer Gibbs more because in the long run, Jameer Gibbs is going to be cheaper. But I would love, I, I, I wish Monty nothing but success against every team except the Chicago Bears. And, uh, you know, hopefully we, we see 
him flourish in a new situation except when he plays us. Uh, but hey, I do want to know how you guys feel, man. Let me know in the comments below. I'll be down there talking with you guys in the comments as well. Uh, what do you think about the Chicago Bears running back room? What do you think? How do you think that the Bears are in a better place with the running back room than the Detroit Lions are? This is still Lions week, and so we'll close it out with that. We also want to talk about, I, I, I want to do this, right? I, I don't get an opportunity to do this very often, and so I really want to do this. For me, this is such a blessing to be a part of this show. This is such a blessing to be a host of this show. And I feel like we kind of just jumped into this thing. We didn't do the whole introduction part of it, right? We didn't do the whole who the heck is this guy that's just coming in. He's putting the ESPN name on him. He had a show before. What the heck is that show? Yeah, I mean, so I do want to introduce myself. I know we're like, I don't know, three months in, but I feel like we never did it. So now we'll do it now. Uh, Pat, the designer, man. And a lot of people have asked me, where does that name come from? What is your story on that name? And in the beginning, uh, it was a name that it was self-given for, um, you know, musical things like that. I did a lot of hip hop and stuff back in the day, a lot of music online. Y'all can go check that out as well. But I also, the meaning changed for me over the years. The biggest thing now is about people being able to live their dreams and people being able to design the life that they want to design. And I'm being able to do that, you know, and it, it's been an honor uh, and a pleasure coming up through the ranks and, and fighting my way through, you know, being the content creator with a hundred subs and then, you know, videos getting 40 views and stuff like that and being able to grow my audience over on the breeze to over 18,000, being able to help this audience here, almost 19,000 over on the breeze, man, almost at 20. Let's keep it going. Uh, and then being able to come over here and help ESPN and grow this brand over here. Um, it's really just about designing your way of life. And so that's where the name Pat the Designer comes from. I am a lifelong Chicago fan, families from the South Side, man. Um, so I'm a White Sox fan. Oh, my heart. Uh, yeah, just sell it. Sell it all. Sell it all. Uh, except Luis Roberts. Don't sell him. Uh, I am a, uh, I'm a, I'm a Bulls fan. As you guys can see, diehard Bulls fan. Uh, that's kind of how I cut my teeth in this game as well. How I kind of broke in was live calling a lot of the Bulls games, doing play by play and stuff like that. How Chicagoans do it over on the breeze. Uh, but we also did a daily show. We're bringing the daily show back talking bears. And so, um, that's kind of where the bears talk comes in, being able to come over here and, you know, break in and be able to talk the bears. I'm a diehard bears fan. Um, when, <laughs> there's been I can't even imagine my one of my co-hosts Ringo over on the breeze has talked about this many a times I don't believe that I did it but he says you're so diehard I watched you cry when Cody Parkey missed the kick we recorded an episode right after that I was like I didn't cry I was like I was a little emotional but I didn't cry and he was like nah bro you cried for sure um, so I'm, I'm so diehard bears, man. I mean, I, I love my Chicago sports. Only team I don't rock with is the Cubs. Here comes the hate in the, in the comments. That's okay. Hey, listen, we, we sitting here on the same amount of rings. We'll see who gets to the next one first. It doesn't look good for either side right now. We got some things to work on here. Um, somebody asked me, uh, I had a list of questions that, uh, people were dropping in the comments before and just, uh, what's my favorite bears play of all time. This is a wild one because my favorite play has nothing to do with bears success. And it kind of speaks to being a bears fan, but it's a play that it was, it, it, it for me probably cemented my bears fandom. Uh, and it was Jay Cutler dropping back right side versus Minnesota last game of the year. I want to say Brett Favre might've been on the team. 
And my dad took us to like this hotel. We were just downtown, little vacation, blah, 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 little mini. Like it was like a, a stay at home vacation, basically. And he was like, let's just go downtown. We'll chill down there. We'll walk around tomorrow, go get breakfast. But the Bears played on Sunday night. So um, my favorite moment, and mostly because I spent this time with my dad, and it was the first moment that I spent with my dad. Uh, not the first moment. I don't know. It, it, was, it was the first moment that like sticks out where like, Something happened and I like jumped in my dad's arms, bears wise, right? And it was Jay Cutler dropping back, looks down the right side. Devin Aroma Shadu is streaking down the sideline, puts the ball in the air, hits him in the hands. Bears end up winning. And that was one of the moments that just like cemented the Bears fandom in me. I mean, it was a losing season. The Bears weren't going to make the playoffs. It was the last game of the year, but it was just such a cool moment to spend with my brother and my dad sitting there cheering for our favorite team, the team that we've, we've literally raged about for years. I mean, of course, you know, the Super Bowl, Devin Hester running it back is probably the biggest moment. Yeah, I mean, like that's those that's my favorite all-time moment. Devin Hester being able to run the football back at opening kickoff of the Super Bowl. Um, But if I'm talking about like a sentimental moment, I try to put those ahead of a lot of other stuff. And so... That's one of the moments for me, man. Let me know some of you guys' favorite football moments that are sentimental. Not not just your favorite Bears moment. See, I got deep. See, I flipped it on that. Not just your favorite Bears moment. The sentimental moments, man, that you remember. I mean, my dad took us to get... Every game we went to, here was the tough part about all of it, right? Every game that we went to, the Bears got the crap kicked out of them. So, like, I didn't have any good memories going to games. Like, I was such a... I remember being a kid. We'd take the train down... You know what I mean? We walk over. It's a cool time. I got a Bears jersey on. I'm excited. I'm a kid. And then we'd lose like 36 to 4, and it'd be freezing the entire time. And I literally, by the end of the game, would just be like, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm I'm tired of this. Like, what are we doing here? But uh, as my love of the team grew now, you couldn't pull me out of those seats. And I'm, I'm not one of those guys either. Listen, we got to talk about these guys. I'm not one of those guys either that is... Uh, the I, I'm going to get to the game in the second quarter and then we're going to leave right before the fourth so that we miss parking. Hey, what are you doing? I don't care if the Bears are getting their heads kicked in. I mean, sit through the game. You went to the game. You pay for the tickets if you pay for the tickets. Sit through the game and finish the game unless you're up in the sky. Yeah, I mean, up in the sky might be a little bit different. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, but no, man, i really excited uh, <laughs> to, to just make so many more Bears memories and, and talk about them on this podcast, man. I hope that those sentimental moments that I got to have with my dad. And I'm sure that all of you have had with your, your family uh, and friends. Um, We get to build a ton more over here on this podcast together, man. And we're sitting here on Mondays or Tuesdays or Fridays after games. And we're all sitting here talking about the same thing. I can't believe what we just saw. Justin Fields is a dog. Uh, (laughs) Let's see another one that I got on here. Who is my favorite Chicago bear of all time? I'm a defense guy. I'm not going to lie. I mean, most of us are defense guys. I'm a defense guy, though. So for me, um, my favorite bear is probably Peanut Tillman because how he adapted his game to be as good as he was versus literally some of the best wide receivers we've seen in NFL history isn't talked about enough. Right. Peanut was a guy who he would come out and he wanted to lay the boom. He said this in an interview, right? He wanted to drop the shoulder and knock guys out. He wanted to, I'm dry, I'm going to hit you as hard as I can. He said he dislocated his shoulder twice. And so he had to come up with a different way of doing things. 
Um, and that's how the peanut punch is born, right? But to me, that is the ultimate story of perseverance. That is the ultimate story of overcoming physical limitations to turn yourself into what I call a superstar. I'm sorry. Like when I look at a peanut Tillman, I know he's not going to go down as one of the greatest cornerbacks of all time. I do think he should make the hall of fame. So I guess in that sense, right. He, he will go down probably as one of the greatest cornerbacks of all time. But for me, I look at the physical limitations that he had versus guys like Randy Moss versus guys like Megatron versus, you know, throw the name out there and how he was able to still compete with all of those guys. Megatron wrote this man a letter, wrote him a letter about literally like, Hey, you know, how our battles are iconic. Our battles go down in history with how we played. And so for me, I'm all about the 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 overcoming the physical limitations and the struggles that you have. And so Peanut Tillman probably is my favorite bear of all time. Hopefully, I'll get to tell him that one day on the podcast. J-Mac, Briggs, let's work on that. Yeah, I mean, um, but I, I just, what what that defense was and how you look at some of the names on that defense and his name is right there at the top of them. I just I, I loved uh, what Peanut brought to the game and how he, he the thing about the Peanut Punch and the thing about that move that's so amazing is it wasn't even a move that he was the one that was always benefiting from the team benefited from it right other guys would pick up the fumble and take it in other guys would pick up the fumble and return it for a touchdown other guys are getting the fumble recovery Peanut was just it, it was that team mindset that coming together that. Uh, 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 11 hats to the ball that Lance always talks about. And and he was a guy that started a lot of that. So Peanut's probably my favorite Chicago Bear of all time. Uh, what is the moment that, <laughs> what's your least favorite Bears moment? My least favorite Chicago Bears moment. <sighs> Unfortunately, there's a plethora to choose from. Um... Not running the football enough with Thomas Jones and Cedric Benson in the second half of the Super Bowl has to be number one for me. Uh, I just, I I mean, like, I don't understand it. I feel like we knew what Rex was. I feel like there was some some politics that might have gone into that with, with trying to make Rex more than he was um, and trying to get the most out of Rex with them picking him very much like we saw with Russell Wilson out in uh, uh, um Seattle, when they throw the ball at the end of the Super Bowl, I think that those are decisions that just cost you in the long run. And it, it made no sense. I mean, with how the weather was in that game, with how uh, the Bears were moving the football on the ground, it absolutely made zero sense to me to not just run the football. And I get it right They're stacking the box at a certain point. They're going to force Rex to try and make plays, but you just went completely away from running it. And I, that's never the answer. If Matt Nagy has taught us anything, that's never the answer. Uh, number two for me, though, and, and I know it's recent and there's a lot more to choose from all the time. It, it's Parky. It's Parky. My God, it's Parky. My God, it's Parky. I mean, listen, and I, I, I don't, I'm not one. Listen, I get the emotional part of it. I get the human side of it. But at the end of the day, bruh, you kick. Your whole job is kick. You weren't good at your job. And you get to get criticized when you're not good at your job. 
if I'm a bad podcaster, guess what? The people in the comments are going to tell me, even if I'm good, which I kind of am, and they're still going to tell me I'm a bad podcaster. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm bad at talking on a mic, people are going to tell me. They, my bosses are going to come to me, and they're going to say, hey, bud, you suck. Guess what? Uh, Cody Parkey, you suck. That's the worst. Uh, oh, my God. It it might. I'm not going to lie. If If what we if us not running the ball in the second half was in like the NFC title game and not the Super Bowl, Cody Parkey would be one. I swear he would be one. I oh, let's move on. Ah, uh, that's a that's a tough one as always, man. Um, God, I hate I I because y'all remember that Super Bowl, the Super we could have been like I really believe this. We our defense could have gotten us to the Super Bowl based on how the rest of those games went throughout the uh, the the uh, uh, NFC. And I really believe we could have won at the end. Of, what that Super Bowl ended seven to three? As bad as Mitch was, he could have got us ten points. Cairo probably would have just messed it up. I'm sorry, not Cairo. Uh, uh, um, Freaking Parky Cody would have messed it up somewhere else along the lines. But that's a whole different story. Um, there's a little bit about me, man. I, I don't want to go too deep into this, man. Too deep into all of this, but. Just a little bit about me. If you guys have any more questions about me, please drop them in the comments below. I'll be down there talking with you guys as well. Um, gave you my favorite moment. Gave you my least favorite moment. Gave you, you know, kind of how I became a Bears fan, how long I've been, and just kind of who I am. So uh, I hope that we can build this relationship out. I really do appreciate all the support and love that I get from you guys every single day and all the haters who come through and they say that uh, it's not worth listening to this show and to skip this show. Um, your mama. Appreciate you guys. As always, y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. I'm Pat the Designer. Back at it again. This Chicago Bears podcast. Peace.